Does Facebook's new digital currency pass the privacy sniff test? The rise of the machine, learning, and how to build consensus between IT and OT in today's industrial systems. These stories are more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Nick Holland. For cryptocurrency geeks, the covers coming off Facebook's new digital currency called Libra was quite an event this week. Here at ISMG, however, we pondered its implications from a privacy and security perspective, as did a number of US lawmakers and regulators. With more on the story, is ISMG's managing editor, Newsdesk, Scott Ferguson. Facebook is coming for your digital wallet. This week, the social media firm put an end to months of speculation and introduced Libra, a new type of cryptocurrency that is slated for release in 2020. Facebook even created a new subsidiary, Calibra, which will oversee the project. The company offered an enthusiastic pitch for Libra, telling users that anyone with a smartphone could use the digital currency and that it would offer many of the same anti-fraud and privacy protections that digital banks have. Not everyone, however, is convinced. In fact, a few hours after Facebook made Libra official, lawmakers from both sides of the aisle took turns airing their concerns. Maxine Waters, a Democrat from California and the chair of the powerful U.S. House Financial Services Committee, issued a statement demanding that Facebook and its subsidiary halt any development of the cryptocurrency until lawmakers and regulators review this project. She told Reuters that, quote, With this announcement that it plans to create a cryptocurrency, Facebook is continuing its unchecked expansion and extending its reach into the lives of its users. Patrick McHenry, a Republican from North Carolina, echoed some of those same statements. By Wednesday, the Senate Banking Committee set a July 16th date to examine what it calls, quote, Facebook's proposed digital currency and data privacy considerations. In a statement to ISMG, Facebook noted that the company, quote, looks forward to responding to lawmakers' questions as this process moves forward. Facebook's upcoming cryptocurrency and payment plans are also a concern in Europe. France's finance minister told a local radio station that Libra should not become an alternative to local currency and that any type of crypto or digital payment offerings should be regulated. As part of Tuesday's rollout, Facebook published a white paper that offered some technical details about Libra, as well as the company's plans to use blockchain to protect transactions. That paper offered some details about Move, a new programming language that Facebook says will protect, quote, smart contracts used in its cryptocurrency plans. Even there, not everyone is convinced that the company has actually done its homework. And with Facebook's track record of carelessly disregarding user privacy when it comes to data, can anyone blame the skeptics for piling on? Facebook is likely to move ahead with its plans regardless. And in a world where the company likes to disrupt and break things, let's hope it's not out to break the bank this time. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Scott Ferguson. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. It's strange how quickly buzzwords and phrases can go in and out of fashion in the cybersecurity industry. Last year's must-have marketing phrase was arguably artificial intelligence or AI. However, use of the phrase and acronym was notably more muted at InfoSec Europe in London the other week. As ISMG's executive editor, Data Breach Today in Europe, Matthew Schwartz noted, here he is with more. 
step away from the artificial intelligence. That was the message I received at this year's InfoSecurity Europe conference in London across multiple briefings that I conducted with leading security experts. Why does AI get such a bad rap? For starters, maybe it's because it's the latest in a long line of overhyped information security cure-alls. Remember endpoint security? Network access control? What about private clouds? And the promise of threat intelligence? Now, all, or many of them anyway, do have their place in the IT infrastructure. But conceptually speaking, all were bandwagons on which so many vendors jumped when many of them didn't even have a claim. Enter artificial intelligence. Of course, AI sounds cool. It maybe even promises a little bit of danger. But what is AI supposed to be? Here's John Matthews, CIO of network security vendor ExtraHop Networks. Oh my God, I'm so tired of the AI buzzword bingo. The functional reality is this. I understand AI to mean that when it actually happens, the machines will kill off all the humans because apparently we're the problem. So I don't think that we're seeing real AI today. There are some things that are happening in Watson that maybe are driving us to a reality of that. If you do start digging down into the concepts, you quickly end up discussing such things as deep learning, Bayesian models, neural networks, as well as machine learning in both supervised and unsupervised forms. Security experts say that AI is best thought of as an umbrella term to encapsulate all these different concepts. In fact, what most organizations mean when they say AI is actually machine learning. The bulk of everything out there that calls itself AI is most likely machine learning, which is fine. Machine learning is what we use at ExtraHop. It's what many companies do to use technology to allow you to scale beyond your own bounds. So I think AI is a bunch of hooey. Uh, I think machine learning is actually the truth behind it. Machine learning may not be sexy. Machine learning's never had its own Terminator franchise. But machine learning is proven, and experts are optimistic about the impact that it's going to continue to have. Retired RSA chairman Art Coviello told me at last year's RSA conference in San Francisco, for example, that machine learning has been fast proving to be a natural fit for multiple challenges, including improving endpoint security tools' ability to detect malware. Machine learning can also be used to crunch other kinds of data sets as well to spot anomalies, be they in network traffic security alerts being piped to security operations centers, or odd behavior by employees. Tony Pepper is CEO of Egress, which builds software to help detect inadvertent as well as malicious insiders. Too many businesses talk about machine learning like it's the all things to all men, right? but in reality is, look, machine learning isn't the thing that's really neat and sexy. Actually, it's how are you using machine learning to solve real business problems. So for us, we use machine learnings to effectively look at vast amounts of information, looking at content, looking at context of who you're sharing with, looking at relationships between who Matt typically shares with and who he doesn't. And what we're able to do there is build up anomalies. What doesn't look the norm, Matt? What looks outside of Matt's typical behavior? And then we can play that back to the user and say, hey Matt, we think this is an error, or hey Matt, this is sensitive. This needs protection. So machine learning is really the base plate to provide that capability to then serve up um, protection that's really easy to use. The takeaway is that we're not talking machine learning for machine learning's sake. We're talking about what it is supporting. 
and typically how it's crunching larger and larger data sets and bringing analytics to help spot anomalies or unusual behavior so that more automated controls can clamp down. From an information security standpoint, the more that organizations can automate their defenses, the better positioned they are to ensure that these controls are in place and effective. Increasingly, machine learning is helping organizations to better secure themselves. Just don't call it AI. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Matthew Schwartz. Finally, when discussing industrial access and controls, conversation invariably leads to the disconnect between IT and OT teams and the inability to find consensus. At InfoSec Europe, I sat down with Kim Legellis, Chief Marketing Officer of Nozomi Networks, and asked her how IT and OT can get to a win-win. Here's Kim. A really interesting question, and like anything, it's the people that make yeah. uh, make progress, right? So, you know, IT security, of which you know I have a deep background in as well, it's about um, CIA, confidentiality, integrity, and availability. In the OT side of the business, it's about availability, availability, and availability. So flipping that equation. And so bringing IT and OT together can be challenging. What we have found, though, is that data offers freedom. So if you can provide data to those operations folks that are interested in uptime, that helps them improve their uptime, improve their resilience. So for example, data about their industrial control equipment that tells them when they might need to do maintenance or when they have equipment failure, which is part of uh, anomaly detection, doesn't actually, it's not done for cybersecurity reasons, but it's a benefit to that operational technology team. And at the same time, you're using things like anomaly detection to identify cybersecurity risks. You're creating a win-win for both of those organizations and they can share information. So some of our most successful clients actually have integrated teams often led by uh, IT security might be the impetus for the project, but they have OT counterparts that are active participants. And they're sharing data and collaborating on those projects. And in those cases, they're really having a, very, a lot of success actually, reducing the risk of the organization, giving the IT organization visibility into OT, which they never had before. And at the same time, giving those operations engineers a level of information and insight into their own networks, like what equipment they have, what connectivity exists in it, and when things are uh, not normal. All of those benefit those operations folks. So it's that sort of joint value proposition and data sharing that we've found actually is bringing those teams together. We recently conducted a survey and asked people about ITOT collaboration. Right. And, and what was really interesting is that probably half of them said they were starting or it was going well. Uh, another maybe 25% said that there was lots of work to do and it was still frustrating. And there was probably 25% that said they're still outwardly hostile. So Nozomi is a little bit on a mission to help those organizations come together using uh, data that is beneficial to both operations and to reduce risk. That's it for this week's ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Nick Collins. Catch you next time. Thank you.